Happy holidays, everybody. It is Wednesdays with Walton, as we'll have the chance to visit with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. And even though there is a lockout with the major league clubs, that doesn't mean that there's not news and business being done on the minor leagues. We're going to get into that in just a moment. And as always, we're brought to you by the good folks at Lou Fuse and at Schnucks. If you are looking to finish up your shopping, do it at Schnucks. I just did it yesterday, getting gift cards uh, for many people that uh, I want to surprise with a gift card. And they have those at Schnucks and also Getting prepared for that Christmas dinner, Christmas Eve lunch, brunch, whatever the case may be. Do all your shopping at Schnucks. They support St. Louis. We support them. And that is the good folks at Schnucks. Let's bring in Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. And uh, the Christmas season undoubtedly is here. And uh, happy holidays to you and your family, Brian. How are things going? Great. And happy holidays to all of our listeners out there who uh, come back every week to hear us talk about the Cardinals and, and the minor league system. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I you know say it all the time. Uh, we can have COVID. We can have lockdowns, lockouts, uh, but it doesn't matter. Um, there's always something going on with baseball. There's always news to, uh, to get into, and especially um, in your realm, which is the minor leagues. And the minor leagues are not locked out, so they continue to progress towards what we hope will be a normal 2022 season. So let's start with this. Um, even guys that are on the 40-man, guys that are uh, potentially going to make an impact with the Cardinals in 2022, winter ball updates, guys that are are playing winter ball. Where are they doing it, uh, and and who are some of the players that are, are you know, maybe you're seeing they're, ma- they're making that next stride to uh, to become better players? Well, there's uh, it, on the offensive side, there are quite a few catchers playing, interestingly enough. Um, and there's players, Carlos players in playing in Mexico, uh, Dominican Republic, uh, Venezuela, uh, Colombia, even. So there's a, there's a, you know, guys playing all over the earth, typically in their, in their homelands. Um, the, the catcher that's probably do, having the best winter so far is Ali Sanchez, who folks may recall is on the 40 man roster is sort of the third catcher that toggled back and forth between St. Louis and Memphis. And, uh, he's hitting very, very well. Uh, albeit without a lot of power, but hitting well uh, in his uh, winter action in Venezuela. And Sanchez is a guy that probably will be the the veteran catching presence at AAA Memphis this year, tutoring young Ivan Herrera, who of course is you know labeled as the catcher for the future for the future for the Cardinals. A guy that was competing directly with Herrera for that mantle, but uh, had a had some fairly serious injury last year, hemi bone, uh, which which kept it from being able to hit is Julio Rodriguez and Julio Rodriguez was uh, played at Springfield last year along with Herrera and was designated the best defensive catcher in the system. And Herrera is playing, excuse me, Julio Rodriguez is playing um, this winter in the Dominican Republic, trying to get more at bats, but he's, you know, he's got to restore his offensive uh, the side of his game before he can get back in the Derby to, to compete for a spot in St. Louis. Uh, the other guy that's playing winter ball that's always interesting to keep an eye on is the outfielder John Torres, who's who's playing in in his homeland of Panama, and uh, he is playing well. Not not you know super great, but has an OPS right around 700, uh, and he's a guy that uh, has great power potential, but hasn't yet been able to deliver. It hasn't got out of Class A ball yet, uh, but has been a perennial top 30 prospect in the system. So John Torres is a guy that we'll be watching to see if he can take the big step forward in 2022, like say a Nick Plummer did in 2021. 
It's interesting you brought up the catchers, and I'm glad that you did that. I was going to go in this direction. Um, you know, you think about Yachty and this being his final year, and then you think about Kisner, you think about Herrera. But I, I was on your site looking at all the different catchers that are, are playing winter ball and guys that are, you know, they, they've made nice progress in the in the minor league system. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is that the cupboard isn't bare after Yadier Molina. Would you agree with that? No, absolutely. Uh, Pedro Pajes, who played at yeah, uh, IAP Peoria, yeah. uh, good, good-looking catcher. Uh, Zane Richardson, a young young man, was a high school draftee, also played at Peoria, had some promise. Uh, Carlos Soto down at Palm Beach. So, yeah, the catchers, the Cardinals have a lot of interesting catchers, uh, typically better defensively than offensively, and so you kind of watch to see which one of them, you know, bats come around. But if, if folks remember back when Yadier Molina first came up, he was not much of an offensive player either, but he continued to grow and progress. And so, you know, I, I, I like where the catchers are, the Cardinals are right now in the catching position in the system. Okay, here's a uh, off-the-wall question for you. Just, are you ready for it? I, I just want to get your, your take on this. You ready? Yeah, yeah, I think I can handle it. All right, so Yachty has been with the St. Louis Cardinals since 2004. So he split that time down the stretch with Mike Matheny, then became the everyday guy in 05. And then I think about Albert Pujols for 11 years dominating first base. How many prospects at catcher or at first either had to shift positions or just didn't find their way in St. Louis? If you had to put a number on it, when you combine those two guys in those two positions. You know, in during what time frame, Dan? You talk about while they were, since they came up? Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, I would say probably... 30 or 40 at each position and wow. you know, some, some good players. I mean, uh, you know, a Matt Adams though, is for decent first baseman, you know, developed in the system. Of course we saw Luke Voigt who was kind of, you know, blocked out by Goldschmidt, but you know, there've been some, there've been some good players that, uh, uh Brian Anderson was a big name. Folks may remember way back. Oh, was yeah. a, You know, we thought, we thought he was going to be the guy maybe, in, you know, instead of Molina. So, you know, there have been some good, good players in the system. Uh, a guy who, who just left was really underrated. Dennis Ortega, you know, very good defensive catcher, probably was in major league camp maybe the last three, two or three years in a row, but, you know, finally reached that minor league free agency. But, you know, none of those guys have been able to, you know, step up and become a regular for the, you know, long period of time like um, uh, Molina and Albert Pujols. They're, you know, they're really almost once-in-a-lifetime players, you know, you know, expecting somebody like that to, to come along again. I mean, the, the poor guys who have to follow Yachty, you know, they're just not going to be able to measure up. And, you know, they may be fine in their own right, but, you know, you're you're replacing a future Hall of Famer, and that's not easy to do. No, not at all. And uh, I just wanted to have a little fun with that. I was just thinking about it, came off the top of my head, and thought, you know what, I'll ask Brian, because he knows all these guys that have come through the system. Um, as you evaluate, and I would encourage everybody to go to thecardinalnation.com and evaluating – uh, the different players in the Cardinals minor league system, and it's something that you do essentially uh, 365 days a year. But especially when the season is over, you can really get into some of the reports and talk to people and see how they're moving people and kind of, you know, you read between the lines when, when guys make a jump or if they don't. So as you look at the Cardinals system right now, where where is the depth in a strength with the Cardinals system as you look at it going into 2022? Right now, uh, you know, we talked about catching, but right now I like the middle infield. Um, you, you know, there's some question about what the long-term solution at second base is going to be for St. Louis. 
Uh, we, we spent a lot of time talking about Nolan Gorman and his successful transition from third base to second base. But Brendan Donovan is a guy that doesn't get a lot of attention, and he hasn't you know, shown up in our, in our countdown, uh, top 50 prospect countdown, because we're still only around 30, and, and Donovan has been one of the most quiet players to emerge in the, in the system. And, and Brendan Donovan is a guy who could be, will likely be at St. Louis sometime this coming season as well. And he can play, uh, he can play uh, multiple positions in the infield, but second base is his primary home. And then there's, you know, an underrated guy, uh, Kramer Robertson, who was a shortstop initially, but has played multiple positions as well, performed very well at Memphis. And uh, then they hired, they brought in uh, uh, former Texas Ranger Anderson Tejada to, to help backfill for when Jose Rondon left. So the Cardinals have a lot of good options in the middle in, infield, albeit unproven. But, you know, frankly, I, I'd like to see these young guys come in rather than, you know, more of the Max Moroff types and nothing against him. But, you know, they, their ceiling is pretty well established. A position group that's a little bit of concern is the outfield. If you think about, granted, the three, the three starting outfielders really did a fine job in 2021. They stepped up and, and performed maybe beyond expectations when I'm talking about, of course, Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, and Dylan Carlson. But you think about all the guys that were tried sort of as the fourth outfielder last, fourth outfielder last year that, that failed. Justin Williams, who's uh, gone as a free agent. Uh, Lane Thomas. Austin Dean, you know, two guys that are gone from the organization. And had Lars Newtbar not stepped up, the depth in the outfield, uh, Nick Plummer, of course, left the system. You know, there's not a lot out there. Alec Burleson's an interesting guy, but he's still relatively inexperienced. And, for you know, part of that reason is why the Cardinals went out in the Rule 5 draft and got a, picked up a triple-A outfielder. Uh, ben Deluzio picked up a double-A outfielder in Jonah Davis and then signed a minor league free agent in Moises Gomez who's a double-A slash triple-A guy as well. So they're trying to shore up, you know, some of the minor league depth in the outfield that they've lost. Interesting. Very interesting about the middle infield. By the way, if you have a last-second gift that you need to get a loved one, think Lordo's Diamonds, men's and women's jewelry. Go see Jimmy Lordo right in the heart of Clayton. Tell him that Danny Mac sent you, that you are listening to this podcast, and you will get a deal thanks to uh, the good folks at Lordo's Diamonds. They've been in business uh, forever, so they take care of their customers, and you will become a customer for life. MLB has been sued over the elimination of 40 minor league teams. Brian, uh, did we see this coming? Does this surprise you? What, what's your uh, thoughts on on hearing about that news? Well, you know, it's it's kind of like the old game of musical chairs, Dan. We saw uh, these these minor league teams that were contracted. Basically, most of them were at the uh, short season Class A and rookie advance level in the Cardinals system. Of course, the teams to lose their affiliations were uh, the State College Spikes and the Johnson City Cardinals. But the reality is, and, and a number of those teams were were kept in the baseball family through the creation of some summer wood bat leagues, where MLB basically created a league for the the young players, the uh, you know freshman types, then for the sophomores and for the, the juniors. So everybody you know at different levels have different places to play. So a number of these teams maybe lost their affiliated teams, but they still at least have a summer wood bat team. But there were a number of other teams that were not. And it was either because maybe their facilities were old, they maybe weren't geographically well positioned with other teams. And I, you know, I said from the very beginning that some of the teams that were going to be left behind are, are not going to take this line down. They're going to sue major league baseball. And, and that's what's happened. Four of the teams have got together and have said that, you know, this is anti-competitive and that, uh, Major League Baseball is basically looking to, um, 
um, expand uh, uh, control beyond what they should. And the real risk here is that the antitrust protection that Major League Baseball has enjoyed you know, since the 1920s, 1930s, is is, is going to get looked at again in this aperture if this lawsuit isn't held. And, of course, there's already pressure against uh, Major League Baseball about minor leagues, you know, given the uh, the salaries and working conditions, and there's lawsuits in that area as well. So, you know, anytime that in a business when there's contraction that occurs, there's going to be people who are upset, and some of these uh, lo- local cities and the, and the former minor league team owners are, are going after MLB. And it'll be interesting to watch to see what happens in the court. Absolutely. Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com, my guest. Uh, Brian, are you anticipating that – even though on the major league side we we have a lockout and there's been no talks at least uh, at least publicly, but is minor league baseball moving forward as if they're going to have a normal spring training and a normal full season? I, I think maybe some fans out there are like, well, does that mean baseball is shut down? And no, in the minor leagues, if you're not on the forty man, uh, it could be business as usual. That's right, Dan, and that's what that's what the Cardinals and the other organizations are planning for as well. Of course, everyone hopes that the that the lockout and the issues that are keeping the new um, uh, cooperative bargaining agreement from being enacted will be resolved before then, and spring training for both major leagues and minor leagues can be held as normal. But as of now, the Cardinals are planning for a normal minor league spring camp. Now, one thing they are not doing, they're not having their instructional camp, which they typically have in January, but I don't think that has anything to do with the CBA and the lockout or, or even COVID. Uh, it's just a decision that I had heard in the fall they were thinking about, and they've they've more or less formalized that. So the next major milestone will, for the minor leaguers will be when camp begins, which is typically around the 1st of March. Major leaguers, of course, come to camp around mid-February, and minor leaguers are behind them a tad, although uh, both of their regular seasons start around the same time, which is typically uh, early April. I want to go back to your prospect list. I love looking at the 50 top prospects, how you rank them. So go into how you rank them and and how you do this one a day and then the countdown and just uh, all the preparation and work that goes into your, your top 50. Well, there's a lot of work that's done. And we, you know, we talk to scouts, we talk to evaluators from other organizations. And uh, of course, we look at what others have to say as well, because prospect ranking is is really a, uh, uh, a, a system of preference rather than of black and white, right or wrong answers. And you look at not only how a player is progressing against his competition at whatever level he's at, you look at his age, how much time he has until he might reach uh, Rule 5 eligibility or minor league free agency. You look at the competition against, that he's competing against in his positions, and you look then at what is his ceiling as a major leaguer. Will he be a, a role player, a bench player? Will he be a starter? You know, would he have the capability to be an above-average player or perhaps even a you know, perennial all-star? And you try to put that all in the mix and then complicating matters further, you then combine all the positions into one list. So, you know, how is, does Delvin Perez as a shortstop uh, stack up not only against Kramer Robertson as a shortstop, but as how does he uh, stack up against Julio Rodriguez, the catcher. But we end up with a, an ordered list and we go through each player one by one and talk about their background. We talk about what their results were last season, what we see as their outlook for 2022, both in terms of playing and the levels they may play at, and then what their ultimate potential is. And so we have a detailed article about one prospect daily, and we're in our process of counting down to number one. So uh, gift certificates available for uh, that last second gift with Christmas right around the corner. I'm sure that uh, some of our listeners and many of the folks that go to your your site uh, are taking advantage of that. 
Yeah, yeah, just like uh, for the uh, maybe for the women in your life, you can go to Lordos and get your diamonds. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe for dad or grandpa, head over to the Cardinal Nation and you can order a subscription uh, for one year, two years, or whatever you'd like. Um, and there's a area right at the top of the page that says contact us. You can uh, drop a line with your name and number, and I'll get back to you, and we'll get that set up, send a certificate your way that you can uh, present to the family member, and um, and that'll give them one year access to all of our insider news and and prospect reports and all the all the details that we have about Cardinals prospects at the Cardinal Nation. And I, I think I you know I will guarantee your satisfaction. If you're not satisfied with your with your, what you get, you can have your money back. But I guarantee it won't happen. I can guarantee that as well uh, as a subscriber for now many years. Um, I want to ask you finally your forums are interesting because fans get involved. They're, they're able to mix it up with you and, and some of the contributors that you have. What are going on right, what's going on right now uh, with the forums and, and some of the, the buzz that you're getting from the fans? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun thing because uh, the readers have a place to, uh, you know, talk with one another about baseball, and this is moderated, so there's no foolishness, no silliness. Like, you know, there's no discussion of politics or anything like that. It's about Cardinals baseball. And the, the folks start their own topics and they have their own discussions. They're ranking their own prospects. They're having a process now where they're all voting for the top prospects, completely independent of the site. Uh, they're having a discussion about contract extensions. So, you know, which of the, of the young Cardinals, say uh, Jack Flaherty or uh, uh, Tyler O'Neill or uh, Tommy Edmond, who, you know, who might be a candidate for a, a long-term extension and who might not. Um, so there's, uh, they're, they're doing an all-time Cardinals draft of a fantasy draft of you know who they would pick for the best team. So there's lots of discussion. Of course, then there's a the discussion about the you know about the uh, the lockout and but other topics like potential expansion and and all. So you know, stop by the Cardinal Nation. It's free. Uh, then you can come and join the discussion about baseball during this time when uh, there's not much real stuff to talk about. Absolutely. Hey, Brian, uh, I'm assuming that uh, you're ready for the holidays. You're ready for Christmas. What uh, what's going to happen at the Walton uh, family household? Well, I've got uh, one son coming in from out of town that I haven't seen in a while, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I have a, a great extended family of folks that uh, that I've gotten to know this past year and love very much. And so it'll be a, a, a mix of old and new for me, and it'll be a lot of fun this Christmas. But we're going to continue to post new content on the site every day, so you're right through the holidays. Hey, thanks for everything you do, Brian. Really appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you and your family, and uh, we'll catch you up next week. Send you into the to the listeners, and we'll talk to you next week.